All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. Yes, thank you. The The new uh, workstation looks really good. I'm very comfortable. How do you like the bookshelf? It looks amazing. God, you got a lot of books. I try to position this bookshelf um, obnoxiously in the background of all of my Zoom and Teams calls. Because uh, it makes yeah. me look good. Totally. It looks yeah. like you have a full library. Honestly, you add three more and you got yourself, you could actually start calling this a library. Three more shelves? Three more shelves. So I double the amount of bookshelves I have here. And the amount of books. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm pretty pleased with my little collection. Looks great. I, I have an addiction. How you doing? How you feeling? You good? I'm feeling good. Feeling great. How are you? I'm okay. Was there a reason you had your cholesterol checked? No, just uh, uh, it was actually like a delay in the typical appointment that I have. It, oh. And it was all done by phone. I had to, I actually had to drive out to Sheet Harbor Ugh. to get my blood checked because you cannot get an appointment otherwise. You need to call in or go in. I don't know. It's crazy. I had this problem today too. I've, because I've uh, felt sick for three years, <laughs> I um, have been like going in for regular doctor's appointments. My doctor has had multiple children in the time I felt sick oh and she's, God. she's back from um, her mat leave. And so I was going to touch base with her for the first time in like a year and a half. And also just basically like put my foot down in, in the gentlest way possible and be like, Hey, look, I'll be damned if I'm going to feel this way on my wedding day. Can we maybe like stop experimenting and get a little more serious? Right. Um, and so I had weeks ago, I made an appointment for Monday. Yeah, this past Monday, 930. Like half an hour beforehand, they call me and they're like, listen, she has kids. So she's probably not going to be able to take this appointment. Will you do it some other time? And I'm like, yes, let's be specific about what other time. Yeah. Um, and I explained to them I'm only available for uh, morning appointments. They reschedule for today today's wednesday okay um it is understood that they're they're and it's a phone call mm -hmm. for the same reason um they could call as late as 45 minutes late although that would be pretty extreme and i wait a full hour before i email them i'm like what the hell like i got no notice last time and now i'm just being blown off and they get back and they're like okay she'll call you at noon or 1 30 and i'm like no 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 <laughs> I, yeah, I need doesn't and work. so i just kind of got a bit of a runaround by by the the system today which was frustrating long story short she calls me after i've given up entirely yeah. and she's like why don't you come in for an in-person appointment we want to make sure this is sorted out and so suddenly i felt seen medically speaking right but when uh next tuesday okay <laughs> hopefully yeah did she apologize yes okay yes and Let's she does have kids yeah and she said it herself a couple of times she's like i got kids and like today was a storm day in halifax because of hurricane teddy and sure. i think that complicated but things. guess what you're a doctor. Your patients need you. That and the appointment is already on the phone. Like you can, you probably can handle it. One hundred percent. And um, and so, also, if nothing else, you got to let me know if you're not going to call at all. If you're just going to be like, you know, let's not do that appointment. Here's one that I found crazy. <laughs> Jen was supposed to get her like dental molds done today. Okay. And she gets a call. Like it's like months out. She gets a call today. And it's like, hey, the lady who does that, uh, she can't make it in because um, Metro Transit's canceled for today. Ugh. And I'm like, what? Like, who uses that as an excuse? Can you imagine if you tried to use that as an excuse not to go to work? Totally. Like, can't. I was like, man, why? Why couldn't she go in and then like invoice the company for the taxi? Like, it, 
how expensive would that taxi be? Well, and maybe they're a really difficult organization and they wouldn't allow that. Or maybe it didn't occur to her. Or maybe she's looking for the day off. Like there's lots of people. Every uh, office has a couple of people who are like almost happy to wake up with a gentle tickle in their throat because it means two days off. I got to say, if that was me, I would feel pretty weird calling in saying, hey, like my drive doesn't work. Like my car broke down. Like I would I would be in the office at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. <sighs> Anyways, I know people though, right? People and then your their appointments. Keep your appointments, guys. This is why we have appointments, not so you can maybe call me later. I say eight thirty. We meet at eight thirty. Eight twenty-five. Respect me. That's right. God damn it. <laughs> hey, we're uh, we're swimming in the wake that is uh, uh, a, a very um, lush Shits Creek. Shits sweet yeah. on Sunday evening is the first time in I don't know how many years. I actively chose not to watch either the Emmys or the Oscars. I always watch those two award shows, knowing full well they're probably going to be a trash broadcast. Right. Knowing full well that awards are meaningless. Mm -hmm. And uh, the other side of me just gets kind of caught up in that. But I figured, well, it's going to be an at-home show broadcast. It's going to be really like really virtual and kind of clunky. We talked about this last week. It's not going to work. And sure enough, it was actually a pretty entertaining broadcast from what I saw. People liked it? Okay. And... uh, yeah, I mean, it worked as seamlessly as it could have, I think. Right. Jimmy Kimmel was kind of charming. And a lot of awards went to a lot of the right people. Yeah, Shit's Creek cleaned up, obviously. Yeah. And was the monologue good? You know what? It was okay. I encourage you to watch it because they run this bit for way too long. And it, you already know going into it that Jimmy's alone in the Staples Center you know, okay. a skeleton crew or whatever. And you know that people are at home. And so you're kind of on to him, but like he is doing a monologue and then they keep cutting to the audience and it's full of like David Harbour and Sarah uh, Highland okay. and Chris Rock. It's like, it's chock full of celebrities having a great time, not wearing masks. Right. And if you watch enough award shows like I do, you tend to notice that, uh, oh, she wore that purple dress last year. Like, you'd know, like, or you know exactly what's happening and you know anyway, because of COVID. Uh, but the bit went on for too long. Where he right. was like, and then all of a sudden he's alone in the, so I was like, are we actually, are they expecting us to believe? Right. Is this an actual prop they're going to yeah. be doing? Are you like the fake crowd noise kind of thing? Trying to pull this off. It just went on for, I don't know, a few beats too long. The gotcha. comedy itself was kind of funny. They had a few little bits that involved other celebrities in person. Jennifer Aniston was kind of good. I heard there's a Jason Bateman one. Jason Bateman was kind of good. He's always pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Are you listening to that new podcast at all? Smartless? No. So it's him and Will Arnett and Sean Hayes. Okay. And they're all good buddies, I guess. And the whole premise is every episode, one of them brings in, an, uh, not not an expert, I was going to say an expert, but just a person. Like they had Robert Downey Jr. on one episode. Will Arnett's like, guys, our guest today is Robert Downey Jr. And then okay. so the other two are just like, whoa, Robert Downey Jr. And then they just kind of start asking questions. The host or the person who brings the guests is usually a little more prepared. It's kind of supposed to be structured through them. Okay. But they're all just kind of like goofing off and busting balls. Are they always celebrity guests? Um, Typically, the like, yeah, it's been all celebrities. Kamala Harris was actually one of the guests. Okay. Um, This week was the um, conductor of the LA Philharmonic. Which I'm more interested in one. that. I'm more interested in these very famous people interviewing regular people. Yeah. And no, it's it's mainly celebrities. Is this a COVID side hustle? This is something that's been birthed of the quarantine? 
I don't know if, if it's specifically because of the quarantine. I think it was something that Sean Hayes wanted to do, okay. like in the kind of movement of celebrities starting to do podcasts. That's what I was going to criticize is that that has gotten to be a bit of a crowded street. All these celebrities slumming it in podcasts. Yeah, though. it's funny that, uh, uh, especially in COVID times, you're right. It is kind of a way to make money, but no, I've heard other podcasters be like, now all the famous people are doing this. What are we like? What happened to ours, our lane? Well, yeah, there was an article in, I want to say New York magazine. It was Rolling Stone. It was Rolling Stone uh, about a year ago or two years ago when Conan started his podcast about how Conan like put podcasting on the map. Oh my God. And that was incredibly tone deaf. Right. It had no idea what it was talking about. But like, in fact, that was like a negative turning point. While there are some really good podcasts hosted by A-list celebrities now, um, frankly, I don't think Conan's podcast is one of them. Um, and, and yeah, it's just ignoring this like incredibly powerful wild west of, of creators that had to build a platform for at least a decade before it was proven to be substantial enough for someone like Conan O'Brien or Dak Shepard or Joseph Gordon-Levitt mm-hmm. or or any of these people would would deign to be in that uh, arena. Right. Like I said, some of them are pretty good. Anna Ferris's podcast is half decent. What is her podcast all about? Does her, she have a gimmick? Or Yeah, it- the, the gimmick is she gives uh, advice she's not qualified to give. Okay. And it seems to have kind of evolved ever since um, she can't like have people in studio with her, but she'll like do a traditional interview with a celebrity. Sometimes they'll do like an improv game, which is kind of fun. Okay. She's like very good at goofy characters. I like that. And then the second half of the podcast, they get like people, listeners to write in with their little life problems. Then they call them up and they hash it out. And she's not like giving any kind of qualified advice, but like sometimes it's like just good dirt about some person who's having boyfriend problems or like doesn't get along with her dad. Sure. It's kind of a good just, listen. Just juicy goss. Juicy goss. Nice. Yeah. Hot goss. So that's a that's a decent one. I'll listen to that podcast if you send me a link because because the I will. because the uh it sounds like the caliber is high. The caliber is high. The only thing that takes me out of it is they always have it's like three sponsors and it's one is AutoZone. So okay. they're getting like national clients. Uh the other is like it's like Roman which is all about like, hey, you want your erection to last longer? <laughs> and the third one is like a mental health one where it's like, hey, I know everyone can get depressed. So it's weird because usually one of them will go back to back. And Jimmy Kimmel actually made a joke on the podcast being like, I love the podcast. I think my favorite part is going from like the auto zone to talking about severe depression. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, it- you and I had a conversation with somebody else in the podcast world uh, about six months ago, wherein we both learned that ads are now populated into podcasts retroactively. Do you remember that conversation? Yeah. I found that to be really interesting. And that explains why in so many podcasts that are produced now, there will be uh, an outstinger and an instinger for their commercial breaks. Right. And sometimes there'll be nothing in between. Right. And so it'll be like, doop a doop a doop doop a doop a doop and you wonder why did they put those in at all if there was no ad right. there because in six months there might be for right. somebody who's going back and i find that to be so interesting yeah but in in that new evolution of advertising on podcasts i have found uh that the variety of of, of startups and organizations that are advertising on podcasts has broadened quite a bit you don't hear that many stamps.com squarespace ads anymore unless it's on maybe marin or yeah right or comedy bang bang ones i heard an ad for tiktok on a podcast i know the other day. on bill simmons they're doing tiktok ads now. As, as if that's 
As if TikTok needs Bill Simmons listeners to TikTok more. It's really weird. I don't think any of Bill Simmons listeners are TikToking though. That's the thing. I think like all of his listeners are like males age 30 to 60. Maybe, uh, maybe younger. Well, maybe uh. that's why I got TikTok. Maybe it was some kind of like, maybe they incepted me. Right. And I am quite addicted to TikTok. You're now. still talking. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Do you listen to uh, Jeff Daniels on Simmons today? Yeah, it was okay. I thought it was okay. I th- I like him. He's obviously a very good actor. He takes himself quite seriously. You could tell. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I, and I kind of think that Bill Simmons could tell a bit. Like, he wasn't even yeah. asking about, like, sports or anything. And at the end of the episode, mm. he's like, okay, all right, bye. <laughs> like, you're, well, you're right. He he kind of revered him, though. He was very respectful and, like, it's great to finally meet you. You're this, like, great actor. But you're so right. If he's talking to, say, Bateman or, mm-hmm. or Bill Burr or whatever, they're going to dedicate a good 20 minutes to talking about the playoffs. Right. Totally. And he, I just didn't think he was like totally comfortable like he typically is. It was kind of stiff. But I found that when, when he was on Marin or he just kind of seems like above the whole celebrity of it, which is respectable. But he mentioned a couple of times like in his past being ready to give up the game. And I found that right. to be kind of obnoxious. Yeah. Well, he, I I think when you're from like the um, the branch of actors that goes to New York to like make it on stage you take yourself way more seriously than anyone else. Uh, we should watch the Comey rule for next week's podcast, I guess. Yeah, that'd be cool. It's just a two-episode series. It's like mm-hmm. night one, night two, which is kind of a fun way to do oh, interesting. drama. Yeah. Do you Have you seen the trailer? Yeah. I kind of think it's like an unnecessary show. Oh, it for sure like an unnecessary show. <laughs> it's a borderline dangerous show in that it's going to sympathize heavily with James Comey, who is one of the reasons Donald Trump is the president. Right. Yeah, and... I think he was almost even struggling to know exactly what to say. Like he was when it was like, why, why make this show? Yeah. I was like, uh, you know, I think people want to know, uh, what happened. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a good point. You're right. That's kind of a challenging question and a ballsy question on, on Bill's part to be like, he doesn't care. He's got kinda, like $300 million. He now. does. But he says to Jeff Daniels, isn't it kind of noisy right now with all the Trump stuff? Yeah, yeah, like, why? Why now? And by the way, like, Brendan Gleeson's a great actor, and it looks like he does a fine Trump impersonation, but that we're going to depict him as this, like, intense, uh, diabolical, evil emperor is just not accurate. Yeah, and, and to, to do it all around, um, to do it election? all around election time, like, yeah. you're potentially going to change anyone's mind. Has to be strategic. Yeah. It has to be. Yeah. Jeff Daniels um, is one of Aaron Sorkin's guys. Aaron Sorkin's uh, new movie, The Trial of the Chicago 7, comes out on Netflix in a couple of weeks. The trailer came out today. The cast is unbelievable. We've got Sasha Baron Cohen and Eddie Redmayne, uh, Jeremy Strong, Emmy winner. Can you Eli 5 the Chicago 7 for me? Nope. Oh, okay. We have no idea who the Chicago 7 are. I really cannot. Um, But the trailer came out today, and it it looks very good. It looks like a Sorkin um, courtroom drama. And so gotcha. that's that's going to be riveting. And uh, I'm a little bit all over the map, but since I mentioned him, he was quoted today as having seen Mank, which is David Fincher's new movie. Okay. And he says it's freaking unbelievable, even by David Fincher standards. It's called Mink? M-E-N-K, Mank. Okay. And it comes out on Netflix in a few weeks. What is it about? Do you know? Couldn't tell you. Nothing. No, nothing. I think it's probably best to go into these movies blind. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Now... Oh, I can't wait to ask you about going in blind to this show tonight. 
but we'll get there. And, and I did, but we'll, we will get there. <laughs> okay. Okay. As long as we're hovering in the Aaron Sorkin, David Fincher um, sphere, just let me add also that uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross won an Emmy for scoring The Watchmen, and now they're just a Tony shy of the EGOT, this pair of gentlemen. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they at some point try to do a stage thing. Yeah. I, I would do it happen. just to try to get the T. Absolutely. The tone. Do you want to go over some of these Emmy results? Yeah, I know nothing about it besides Shit's Creek winning a bunch. Do you just know that they won a bunch? I just know that they... Well, did they sweep? They swept. It's never been done. Wow. It's never, it's never been done by any comedy to win all the awards in a category. Now, just to subvert things for one second, uh, I saw something and I, I thought you might think it's interesting or you might be like, yeah, it's kind of well-trodden territory. I don't really have anything to say about it. Um, but someone posted on Facebook being like, it was on the watch Facebook page and it was like, I, you know, I love Schitt's Creek. It's, um, so funny and white and interesting and it's white very white and yep. like, and, and it was just kind of like, yeah, no, it's, it's all white. <laughs> it's a pretty white show considering how much it, uh, it, it, uh, claims to be a show about inclusivity. Yeah. Which it is. Yeah. You know, in another in another venue. But no, it's a pretty wide show. Yeah. For sure. Okay. And I mean, if we were to look at the category for uh for comedy series, where are my notes here? A lot of white shows in the comedy series category. Curb Your Enthusiasm is a white show. Dead, well Dead Yes it is. Well, I mean JB Smooth, but like Yeah, you get a lot of JB Smooth in there. Dead to me is a that is like white excellence. That is like that is the whitest show on TV, besides succession. Right. Dead to me. Now, again, like it's a show about suburbia and it's it's a show about socioeconomics. That's part of it. But they could try a little harder. Uh, the Good Place is not at all a, a white show. Uh, Kaminsky Method feels to me like a pretty white show. Uh, Maisel has Sterling K. Brown this year. What We Do in the Shadows is kind of a whole other ball game. <laughs> it's true. Uh, and Insecure, which is certainly that uh, that's very inclusive as well. I mean, look, Shit's Creek is, is a wonderful show. It kind of, I kind of feel like a couple of weeks ago, I vulnerably said on the podcast that I feel like I have bad taste. And Shit's Creek is a show that I was on a little bit ahead of the mania. I think so too. Um, and it is you objectively were. good. Yep. It's also, you, another thing you might want to criticize is the um, blatant um, nepotism that exists in Shit's Creek. Like a couple of jokes in Dan Levy's speeches about, um, having dropped out of school, here I am with my writing partner who actually finished school. Ha ha. Isn't right. it crazy that my dad just like put me in charge of this show even though I had never done anything like that before? Ha ha. Like, yeah, I think he knows that that the, the tremendous privilege of just being handed a television show because his dad happens to be a legend and friends with other legends. Yeah. Having said all that, he wasn't slouchy about it. He did pull off a very funny, very warm show that I thoroughly enjoyed now i had said i thought it was pretty likely that Catherine o'hara would win the emmy i never thought that they would get everything no and when they got everything and all that was left was annie murphy who plays the sister i was like oh my god she's not gonna get it because right. like she's it, honestly it's like it is a big comedy performance but also next to Catherine o'hara's comedy performance it is more subtle mm -hmm. and it's arguably the best performance in the show but because she's not famous at all Right. I was like, there's just no way she's going to get this. And it's going to suck when everyone in their room has like four statues in front of them and she does not have one. Yeah. But she does. Did you see the um, Dan Levy's sister and I guess Eugene Levy's 
daughter's reaction. Yeah. She was just like watching from on Zoom. Why wasn't she there? Well, was I there an explanation? There? I don't know because she was in the cast and there were other people in the cast that she would have been like. I know that the because the COVID situation in Ontario changed immediately mm-hmm. before the Emmys, they had to cut their crowd size down to half to 50% of what they had previously been allowed. And so their crew was no longer allowed to attend. Ah. But Sarah Levy's not part of the crew. She's like in most episodes of Schitt's Creek. So right. I, I don't know if she just was not available to attend. Right. Maybe she was quarantined somewhere. Could be. Or maybe she felt weird about like, well, it you know, is. It I don't want to take weird. another person's space when it's like all my family there. And I guess kind of a tertiary character. No, yeah, she was a tertiary character, but there were other people who were equal to her. And it was a big room. What's kind of weird is that, yes, they're in Canada, but there was like 400 new cases of COVID in Ontario at the mm-hmm. time. And they're all like wearing masks, but they'd like pull the mask down to kiss each other to congratulate each other <laughs> right. and like they all um isolated together so that they could have this party which is awesome the commitment to that yeah so why bother wearing the mask it's just yeah why wearing the mask why are you why are you pandering yeah. i mean i guess to promote the use of masks on an american telecast that's right fine but it was just bizarre and it frankly it was bizarre to occasionally see like Jennifer Aniston and Courtney Cox and Lisa Kudrow are clearly watching the Emmys in the same place. And by the way, I'm not judging because we are all in our little flexible bubbles as well. Totally. Um, But it is a little different in the States where 200,000 people have died from COVID. And so uh, apropos of our previous conversation about how celebrities keep getting COVID for Christ's Mm -hmm. sake, I guess you were right. They're not really trying as hard as they would purport to try. Yeah. Hey, man. Actors. (laughs) Okay, so um, one of my disappointments, although this could have been predicted, uh, lead actor in a limited series or TV movie, you know I wanted it to be Paul Mescal from Normal People, mm-hmm. but that was never going to happen. His last name's Mescal? Yeah, M-E-S-C-A-L. I saw it going to Jeremy Irons, and it went to Mark Ruffalo for I Know This Much Is True, which, I mean, he oh, plays God. two characters in that. Like, that kind of feels like... Which character really got it? Yeah, that's true. You should almost have to say which character is the winning performance. And he was—he never said, "I think you're pretty, Marianne." <laughs> I think you're pretty. <laughs> uh, lead actress uh, went to Regina King for Watchmen. This was the other thing we predicted: is that by and large, the night would be owned by Succession and Watchmen, and it was mm-hmm. um, absolutely uh, supporting actor in a limited movie. This was, uh, ugh, forgive me, Yaha Abdul Mateen the Second Watchmen. So he plays Regina King's husband. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uzo Aduba won for Mrs. America. Uh, Eugene Levy won, of course, for lead actor in a comedy. Catherine O'Hara won. Uh, Dan Levy won for supporting in a comedy. Uh, Outstanding limited series went to Watchmen. Uh, Best comedy went to Schitt's Creek. Outstanding drama went to Succession. Uh, Supporting actress in a comedy went to Annie Murphy. We mentioned that uh, actor supporting in a, uh, actually it's lead actor in a drama series went to Jeremy Strong. I'm growing on that guy big time or he's growing on me. Which one's Jeremy Strong? He's Kendall. Okay. I've heard, I think he might be the guy that they've said is like. Intense. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe you told me that. I think I heard it on a podcast that he's intense. I think I heard Kieran Culkin say it and not in a, not in a bitchy way, but just like. I think he's a little he, methody. Like and, he's an artist, man. Yeah, I, like like how uh, Jeff Jeff uh, Daniels was talking about William Hurt. Right. He was like, "Oh, he, he can get intense. He's right. an artist." 
but I bet he can get intense too. That's true. One thing I'll say about Jeff Daniels is he has as much reverence for comedy as he does like high drama. When he talks about Jim Carrey being masterful on Dumb and Dumber, for example. Oh, yeah. That is perfectly respectful. Right. And it might not be from somebody who's like a thespian. And how he was like just following his lead. Yes. He was like. You lead the way, man. Yeah, I thought that was that was modest and cool. Uh, set a record lead actress in a drama series, Zendaya, youngest person ever. Zendaya is Michi. She mm-hmm. won for Euphoria. That's another bummer show that yeah. I, I never, but people are crazy about that show. I think it is. I, I was going to suggest, too, for one of the podcasts, we do that We Are Who We Are show, but it just seems so like Euphoria meets normal people meets. I don't think I've heard about it. It's a new HBO show. Okay. It's by the same guy who did Call Me By Your Name. Oh, okay. Luca, Guadagn- Luca Guadagnino? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Well, check out the trailer and we'll talk about it. Uh, this one surprised me too. Supporting actor in a drama series. I really thought this was Kieran Culkin's to lose, if not Matthew McFadgen. Um, Billy Crudup for The Morning Show. And the Morning Show is not good. Whoa, chaos is the new cocaine. Yeah, that's right. He is good in that show. Did you finish that show? No. We did. We hate watched it. Okay. It's yeah. not good. No, no. Aniston's good. Mm-hmm. Um, Witherspoon is very bad. Like, appallingly bad. Yeah, yeah. Crudup is good. How about the, just a, like a quick aside to talk about that Fast Times reunion? Please. Did did you look into that at all? Of course. In fact, I meant to text you about it on Saturday to be yeah. like, please watch as much of this as you can. And then I forgot to. I just saw clips of it. How special was that whole... Like, it was it was just so humanizing to see all these people just kind of in awe of one Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Yeah. Were <laughs> they all loving Shia LaBeouf? Because I wasn't seeing people's reactions to Shia LaBeouf. I was seeing, like, the internet's reactions being like, this guy's killing it. Right. In the funniest way ever. Like, literally smoking a joint in his own van. Honestly, it was kind of a great pleasure to see um, Sean Penn's smile. He, oh. He was like a proud dad watching Shia LaBeouf play, play his character. And... uh Brad Pitt was loving it too. Dane Cook was loving it. Oh yeah. Everybody was just super in because it was speaking of like being method, which I mean, I think is kind of froofy, but like if you're going to get all method while you play Spicoli in a live streamed table read of fast times at Ridgemont high yeah. and you're the least famous or at least the least legendary person in the room. Right. Um, I'm I'm in. I think that's a cool choice. And, and he was going off book. Like he he didn't oh have my a God. script at all. He was just he, nailing all. He the was lines. moving around. Yeah, he, he did most of it in the front seat of his car. By the way. Yeah. Like, did he move at all from the car? Oh, he got out of the car and would like walk around the car. He got <laughs> oh really God. physical and crazy. Whoa. And he's sweating bullets because he's in his car in his garage. Yeah. He's wearing sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. And like. His clothes are crazy, and oh yeah, there were people who were just like losing it. This and is incredible. It was I do want to see the whole thing. It was a little stunty. I mean, we're so embarrassing whenever Brad and Jen are together in something. Right. We get all sycophantic. We, we need to act like we've been there before. I don't know. I think they broke up, and something broke in the world. Like for some reason, people are still hung up on Brad and Jen not making it. Right. I don't and know what that is. Everyone is so like warmed by one of them it was like hey hey hon hey honey how's it going uh in the table read yeah he said hey aniston hey aniston hey aniston yeah which is kind of sweet honestly but then and this is totally set up it's not an accident there's actually like a forced sequence where his he's playing a guy named brad 
and she has to be like horny for him and she's like oh brad you're so handsome oh my god and it's just so like it's so strategic and clearly they have a good sense of humor and about this it. was all for dane cook's charity sure yeah no i think sean penn produced it he was talking about it a long time ago oh was he okay yeah because i remember hearing on howard that he said they were going to do it but he wouldn't play spicoli and i remember thinking that was a, a stupid idea mm. but as it turns out it was the it was right actually great it was um, the right move he knew Shia LaBeouf was going to have some fun with it. Shia LaBeouf is a genius. <laughs> yeah. He is. I, I genuinely think Shia LaBeouf is one of the great young actors. He's probably a little troubled. He made two You've of my favorite movies, movies last year. Yeah. yeah. If, did you see PB Falcon I've yet? I've seen neither. We've talked about it enough. You, I'm not going to push it anymore on okay. you. Yeah. I mean, you can skip Honey Boy just because it's very sad. Right. But it's a wonderfully made movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but PB Falcon is just like you put that on any time and you'd be glad you did. Perfect. Yeah. I'm into it. I'll that will be my it's it's on the list of movies that I'm constantly trying to think of when I'm bored at home. What do I just put on right now? A couple of boring ones. RuPaul wins for outstanding reality competition series. That's just becoming one of those perennial Mm-hmm. awards and sure that's fine uh, again last week tonight for john oliver like it's boring at this point right um and it's funny to me that uh jimmy kimmel live is nominated he's not even been doing his show for three months <laughs> yeah and they actually like actively cousin sal talks shit about the uh last week tonight and just how it's only like a weekly show yeah i always like well it's jokes it is true like it is a different beast it's a different level of work yeah. i'm not saying it's less or more but it's not the same thing at all and it's not really a variety series either no like that's true last week tonight uh and we're happy about this one um second year in a row julia garner wins for ozark best supporting actress there in a drama go. series she is also one of our great young actors she's an a-lister yeah she she's should have amazing. been in that she should have played phoebe cates you know she's um who's phoebe cates she's a character in fast times oh yes okay yeah uh what was I going to say? Or a girl who, maybe the original actress who played a girl in it. I don't know if she's a character or an actor. <laughs> well, it seems to me we have an Ellen thing to discuss. Yeah, I haven't seen this. Okay, well, this is where we can put the live audio use to, to good use. All right, let's, let's hear it. Let's call it up right now and uh, and listen live. Oh, man, I'm so excited by this. So Ellen comes back after like a long away. She always takes the summer off. And so that wasn't that unnatural. But while she's gone, her image. Must uh, be nice, by the way, Ellen. Yeah, I know, eh? Um, All right, let's see what we got here. First thoughts? Uh, Yeah, I mean, she had to do this. She had an entire PR team behind her to help her come up with something i mean there's been strategy used the whole time like people coming out on twitter like katie perry for instance like she was reached out to that doesn't feel like like some like a something that was worked on for two months to me no it it, it doesn't feel perfected at all it feels like so cookie cutter textbook public apology that's exactly well yeah i know and they probably paid a lot of money for it but yeah maybe there's a firm behind that man you know what i knew I just had a feeling she was going to come out and some version of her first line would be, so how was your summer? Right. Louis C.K. did that when he started doing stand-up again. For some reason, these guys think that it's funny to like acknowledge it. Right. And she does have to acknowledge it. Right. But the dancing around what was actually accused of her in her show, like that was a, a, an incredibly non-explicit apology. It wasn't even really an apology. It was a, it's really hard to be the, be kind lady because 
I have bad days too. Mm-hmm. Girl, you've been <laughs> you've been accused of a lot more than losing your patience. People aren't allowed to make eye contact with you. Right. That's psycho. And also, I feel like she's really reiterating that she's the be kind lady. And I don't know if that many people know her as the be kind lady. I guess maybe not. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Be maybe kind. non-watchers. Yeah, maybe not be kind TM. But right. generally part of her public image was Ellen's so nice and fun. Right. It is striking and it is partly why you and I have discussed her hypocrisy so much. Right. The fact that she clearly is not who she says she is. Mm-hmm. And so I just find it frustrating. Apparently, she's got anonymous people on her staff who like immediately went to the press and they're like, just for the record, I wasn't happy with that. Oh, really? <laughs> you know, people who still work for her. <laughs> Insiders. Yeah. And so oh, now it's just this parade of, of carefully selected celebrities coming on her show and being like, just so you know, I love you. Right. And like, I was bullied too. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have uh, um, um, uh, all of it memorized, but I just know that most of it didn't sit right with me. And also, like, I'm a pretty good actress. I couldn't have fooled you for 17 years. Right. I don't know. I don't think it's the same. I think you can be nice on TV. It doesn't mean you're a, a like Meryl Streep. Right. I don't. I don't know how like convincing of an actress you need to be to to change sexuality for. Yeah, that's right. I played straight women in movies. That's, yeah, that's what it's she like, says. It's yeah. a, you know, I don't think there's anything super overt one way or the other for you, Ellen. No, you know? no, I don't know. <laughs> She's gonna be fine. It's gonna blow over, but um, and it should. Like, I'm not trying to like take Ellen's life away from her, but no. I just found it as insincere as I always have, mm-hmm. which in a way is good. I might have been a little creeped out if she came out and like nailed the audition. Right. Just but, crushed it. Yeah. Came out and just started crying. <laughs> she's done that before. Really? Yeah. Sometimes she's like contrivedly. Oh, right. Um, empathetic or something. I don't know. Her whole show is just a big infomercial. That's the other thing is like, and now we're going to talk about 50 inch Roku TVs and, and this right. washer dryer set and sure. I don't know, AirPods or something. Mm-hmm. It's the American way. Yeah. Yeah. Not a fan. Never was. Tom Cruise is going to space uh, in about a month. About a year. Pardon me. <laughs> With Elon. Yeah. October 2021. Tom Cruise is going to go. And is this when he's going to like make a movie there? I don't know. That was the plan, right? He was going to make a movie in space. I feel like the movie's just going to end up being a documentary about Tom Cruise going to space. You know they're making a documentary uh, about that. You're probably right. I wanted it to be like an action movie where he plays a guy named like Hoyt Declan and he does something amazing. <laughs> Hoyt Declan. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I think he could be a Hoyt Declan. Jack Reacher, move out of the way. Hoyt Declan <laughs> coming on through. Or Ethan Hunt. He always just plays some kind of name that a person wouldn't have. Sure. Ethan Hunt. I feel like that's a name a lot of people have. Ethan Hunt? Yeah, maybe you're right. Huh? It's funny because we were watching Dawson's Creek. So religiously. <laughs> right, I forgot about that. Dude, Dawson's Creek rules. It delivers. It's so... Every episode is a big episode. You don't need to convince me. But there's this funny thing where... Every now and because it's so rife with like pop culture references. Right. They work in a video store. Dawson loves movies. There's yeah. like posters all over his wall. Every now and then Tom Cruise will come up and like Katie Holmes is right there. <laughs> it's the strangest thing because oh. like she's still like an 18 year old actress. Yes. She has yet to marry Tom Cruise, who's like Rain Man Jerry Maguire famous at this point. Right. And it's just something that stands out to me. Man, how did we talk about the whole Jeff Daniels thing and not talk about how in the Squid and the Whale... Anna Paquin was his love interest. Yeah, that's fucked up. I had no idea. And he played, okay, so background. He played Anna Paquin's father in Fly Away Home. Right. And so 
he by the way jeff daniels is acknowledging that that's creepy no but, yeah he was like i talked to noah bomback being like what do and noah bomback did it on purpose he's like yeah that's for those playing along at home yeah yeah what the hell man look i would i would straight up like leave the set at that point i think noah bomback is a very good filmmaker yeah. but he clearly has some daddy issues if you've seen that movie okay. and by the way he also doesn't uh he also has some divorce issues because he's made two divorce movies right now. Um, but yeah, oh yeah, he's, he's definitely got like some weird, I don't know what the, if it's Freudian or what it yeah. is, but like there's, it's a good movie by the way, Squid and the Whale. Yeah. I, I've never watched it the whole way through. Well, and shoot, what's the one with Adam Sandler and maybe Dustin Hoffman? Is it, um, it's not Meyerowitz. It's not the Meyerowitz stories. Is it Chronicles or anyway, he, uh, Bombach made a movie before Marriage Story, which is also, a I have a lot of unresolved issues with my dad movie. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. No, that was PTA, Punch Drunk Love. That's PTA. Yeah. Yeah. It's not Meyerowitz. Meyerowitz is something else. Oh, no, I I know what you're talking about. Yeah. But uh, I'm, I can't think of the name. Well, whatever. It's not super popular. No. Uh, Winston Groom died. He's the author who wrote Forrest Gump, which some people don't realize is a novel before it's uh, a film. Well, have you read the novel? I did read the book a long time ago. What did you think? It wasn't good. I mean, it was. I think I thought it was good at the time. And now I'm older and I see that Forrest Gump is one of those rare cases of a movie that just makes the book so much better. In fact, the gotcha. book was kind of insane. It was like, huh. and, and the the premise holds, which is just, he's just this simple guy who, uh, because of his curiosity and good naturedness, finds himself at all of the like main uh, cultural events of like history. Well, and I, like the 20th century. Yeah, the latter half of the 20th century in America. Mm-hmm. He, they include other things in it, but um, it certainly lacks the charm of of Tom Hanks. I will say it is written in first person in Forrest Gump's slang. So okay. the whole book is written in like broken English, really? which is a tough thing to adjust to. Yeah. Winston Groom uh, died. He was 77. He wrote a sequel, I think, to Forrest Gump. Although I don't know anything about it. it, I think they planned a movie sequel for a time and they're like, this is not a good idea. We should not do that. Huh. Yeah. That, imagine Forrest Gump 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> yeah, this time it's personal. <laughs> More announcements from Disney about movies being delayed. It's just turning out to be like just a such a bummer year. If your movie didn't come out on stream, it was probably a mistake vis-a-vis Mulan and uh, Tenet. Black Widow, now delayed, uh, was supposed to come out late this year, is now coming out mid next year, so about a six-month delay on Black mm-hmm. Widow. Mulan broke records, though, didn't it? Yeah, but it was it was not without its problems. Surely you know about that. Like, the the fact that, like, they they filmed it in, like, concentration camps in parts of China. Oh, God, and, no, I did not know yeah, It didn't open in China for that reason. Mulan Whoa. didn't open in China. Yikes. That's a big problem. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. And it stopped making money very quickly. And okay. so did Tenet, by the way. Like, dropped off to four million bucks in a weekend on week two. Whoa. Yeah. Tragically. Um, West Side Story, this is Steven Spielberg's, like, big West Side Story. Right. Is now bumped a whole year back. It was supposed to come out um, this Christmas. Now coming out next Christmas. Wow. That stars Ansel Elgort, who, we Whoa. like, he kind of, like, tentatively got me too there a couple months yeah. ago. I don't, and that kind of went away. So we'll see. We'll see from that. And we haven't seen him in anything since Baby Driver, have we? Well, he was in The Goldfinch, the Donna Tartt adaptation, which I watched, and it was bad. Right. It was very bad. Yeah, we don't like that. No. Um, And what was the other thing that was coming out? Death on the Nile is the other one that just got pushed a couple of months back. It was supposed to come out in October. Now it's going to come out in December. Right. Yeah. 
But there was a couple shows that are coming. Oh, uh, so we got Mandalorian season two. Yep. What'd you think of that? Oh, I'm Did really, you see the trailer? I haven't yeah. seen the trailer yet. Trailer looks great. I'm really psyched. It's mostly just a voiceover of, uh, of audio from the first season and like a bunch of really vague new awesome shots. Like gotcha. new stuff featuring Mando and Baby Yoda. A couple of new characters introduced. A couple of new costumes on old characters. You get a brief glimpse of uh, of uh, Boba Fett's armor oh, on the back of, of our Mando. If you want a more of a breakdown, you can listen to the Star Wars podcast. Ross and I talked about it a little bit this week. But cool. it's one of those masterful trailers that gives you nothing except mm. energizes you. All right. Just pumps you up. It's perfect. You, you went for a 10K run after watching it. I went for a 12K run last week. Hey, there you go. Yes. So nice. I'm training, right? I'm training for the 15. Yeah. Does this make sense to you? Part of the training plan for the 15 is to run a 16 and an 18. Yeah, man. I'm so, I am, am training for the full and I'm still. I didn't know that. Congratulations. That's so cool. You didn't know that? No. I thought we talked about this. Well, we've talked about how you've been running a lot and I know you just up and ran a 25 one day. And so I, I figured you could easily work your way there. So I'm continuing that on. I went for 5k before coming here. Okay. And, um, but that's the weird thing is like, it's mainly like five, eight, mm-hmm. 10. That's my sweet spot like, too. Yeah. And between and, like six and eight. And then it's not really get, I, I went for like a 12 the other day. I think I've had like one thirteen. I'm like, man, I got to get to 42 kilometers here. So like, we got to start upping this, but I guess I still have another like 10, 12 weeks before. You're going to run a marathon in 10 or 12 weeks? Yeah. Okay. You're yeah. signed up. No, the, the it's all just virtual now. I'm just going to run 42K oh, okay. in a day. Yeah, but you know that they're even saying like you don't have to actually run on the day anymore. Like yeah. It's essentially not happening. No, exactly. That's why I'm like, why am I going to sign up? Like, Why would you put a time limit on yourself? I just don't want you to hurt yourself. That's quite a that's quite a rush job. I don't think it really is. Like, I've been doing this for like months now. Okay. Well, obviously you've got good stamina, but it, like you said, it's a big jump to go from, but you also yeah. have done 25 on, on little training. I think it's the consistency of, of how often I'm, I'm running to like, yeah. like I'm going out for seven K like it's like nothing. Yes. Like I come back, I'm not really even tired. Like I don't even feel that. And that's if, if I'm, you know, not really pushing myself, I'm not setting any records here. I'm and it's like, a state of mind too. Like I run like, yeah, six minute kilometers for the most part. I'm not, yeah. I'm not setting any records either. Sometimes a four is a lot harder than an eight. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's because you know leaving the house how much you have to run. So like I gave myself a new route when I did my 12, which is the most I've ever run. Yeah. I, it was really flat, really straight, mm-hmm. new sights to see. Yeah. And I knew when I left the house, it had to be 12. Yeah. And so it wasn't that hard. I've run I've run five five Ks that were harder than my 12 because I knew I had to do it. And so like if you set out knowing, look, I got to run 28 kilometers today. Yeah it might come a little bit easier than than others. And I've had some really hard 5Ks where I'm like, okay, I'm doing like a three minute, 40 second yeah. first kilometer. Do you know what's my, my least favorite? Uh, it always turns up in my roots just because it's local. But like when you wrap around Sullivan's Pond, this yeah. will only work for people who live in Dartmouth. You wrap around <laughs> Sullivan's local Pond. Local content. Running up Creighton Park, is that is my uh kryptonite i hate running up that like gradual hill that goes towards the mall yeah that's where i die oh man that's the opposite of the way that i run so i've never actually like you've gone down i always go down but i'm running up like coming out from banook yeah going up that path taking a left up like across from winners yeah 
and then taking a left and then that's where it kind of levels out and goes down so usually i'll go down around sullivan's pond for those still listening (laughs) 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 and really rock it coming back up i promise you these are places these are places you can run Mm -hmm. take it from us Mm -hmm. it's right before jixis corner (laughs) (laughs) that's all i have i think for uh for pop culture news and we might as well talk about this show. I've had my laptop on my lap and open this whole time, and I didn't connect to your Wi-Fi, so oh. I haven't been looking at anything. I didn't want to ask what your Wi-Fi was, though. Oh, we're good. We filled the content. Okay, we'll bring it next week, and we'll get you set up. Yeah, and sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I guess it would normally be your turn to to go first. If you'd like, that means I can I can recap this, this show this week, or because we only have one to discuss. Yeah. Do you want me to go for it? Um... Yeah, you go for it. Okay, do you want to put me on the clock? I'll put you on the clock. 30 seconds to recap The Third Day, which is the new show on HBO from Jude Law. We've had a lot, we've had a high instance of HBO on the podcast lately between The Vow and uh, Lovecraft Country. Have you kept up with Lovecraft, by the way? No, I haven't. I watched the first episode. Uh, Yeah, yeah, people do like it. Um, I I feel like like the buzz has kind of worn off a little bit, though. I just, like I said, I didn't think it had anything new. No. Especially in the same year as Watchmen. I think this show is like the craziest show ever. Oh, yeah. I, I caught a bug from this show for sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We're okay. Gonna, we're going to count down in three, two, one, go. Jude Law plays Sam. He's walking through the woods and he stumbles upon this girl who um, hangs herself by jumping off a rock. It's very disturbing. He runs up to her. He manages to get her down before she suffocates. He She's alive. He drives her back to her weird little cult small village. Uh, where he's kind of um, welcomed, sort of, but it's on an island and he can only get to and from when tide is low because the causeway floods. Um, he really needs to get off because he has a situation with his wife and their business where they need to basically pay off a guy. They've got this like shady deal hooked up with their business where they're going to get greenlit um, as long as they bribe a guy uh, 40,000 um, pounds. That's right. But then while he's trapped on this island, kind of just like a total fish out of water in this weird, creepy, uh, like God-fearing village yeah. where no, where everybody's odd and he feels very strange. While he's there, he gets a message from his wife that all their money is stolen. And um, then I, I'm not sure I was totally clear on how the money comes back to him. Or if the money was ever gone or if it was in his trunk the whole time. Oh, okay. That's what I was kind of wondering. So he drunkenly, like, like they get, he ends up they, staying the yeah, night they, and they, they party. wasted. Yeah. And he's kind of like wandering out. He gets in these, he has these like weird kind of demonic visions. So there's this kid, there's this little boy yeah. who he's only seen from a distance who was there mm-hmm. when this girl, what was her name? Was it Epona, the horse from Zelda? Was that oh, her name? That right? Yeah, I, yeah, it was. Okay, when this girl hung herself, that little boy was there, but yeah. then he disappeared. Yeah, and so you're kind of led to believe a little bit afterward, like maybe he like possessed her to do that because he tries to track down this little boy a couple more times, and in the end, little boy leads him to like what's essentially like a life house or a safe house on a beach, and it's just full of like carcasses. Yeah, and, um, and, so he's like Damien the Omen or something. And at one point, he, um. And this was really interesting to me too. The bartender recognized him, like um, the the couple that was kind of looking after Epona mm. for the time being, because the dad was kind of in a in a bad way, a bit of a drinker, and was angry at her. And she was saying, "I can't go back; he'll kill me." Right. And so 
Jude Law was thinking, okay, well, this has got to be about the father. The father shows up with a gun at one point. Jude Law is like, oh my God, he's going to like come after me for whatever reason. Um, but the, the barkeep or the, the wife of the barkeep or, you know, the couple that owns it. That's right. She's like, I do recognize you. And she said, I remember looking at you and thinking, I couldn't believe the strength you had right. after losing something like losing someone so close to you like it must have been so difficult so they're talking about how he lost a child Mm -hmm. and weirdly like in the beginning of the episode he's like he has this like meltdown before he finds the the epona um about to hang herself i wasn't totally clear on why he was in the woods but you're right the episode does start with him being like oh fuck 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 he's just randomly in the woods right so he's like worried about his his money that's that he's anticipating has been burgled and right um, but then he also like has a t-shirt, like a small t-shirt in his hand mm. that he like lets go down the river. Oh yeah. And I don't know what that was supposed to mean. And he tells her that he has three kids. He has two daughters and a son. Yes. And so I don't know if the son is still alive or if the son was like who passed away. And I don't know if that's what he's seeing this little child around. Is that his for. son? Like, is that supposed to be his son? But he's not calling out like his his name or anything. He doesn't seem to see it as his son. No, no, definitely not. Uh, the little girl is weird too. She's not little. She's like 14, but she's weird too. Like, can we talk about her hanging? Like, oh yeah. First of all, that was incredibly when, troubling. When you don't know what kind of show this is going to be. Yeah. And you just kind of see like a man walk up. Like it kind of seems like a high drama. Sure. And then you see a man kind of walking through a weird, creepy woods. Nah, I knew it was going to be like, like a, a serene creepy, woods. maybe supernatural kind of creepy thriller. A man in the woods. Yeah. In the opening shot. Plus, there's a weird girl standing on a rock. Yeah. And um, and the boy is there, too. Yep. And he seems to be like tightening like a winch or something. He's like yelling that. at her, I think, isn't yeah, he? Yeah. I don't know. And then she just jumps, and it is very disturbing. Yeah. You hear like a crack. Like, I found it a little bizarre when her whole body starts like shaking when she was alive like i found that to be a little strange unless we're going to explain that in some kind of supernatural way but like you don't survive that hanging that she did she broke her neck for sure and like he gets her down and she has like a little rope burn but like she has no like loss loss of oxygen to her brain she's Mm -hmm. not like she doesn't have even a a kinked neck you know like when sometimes you turn the wrong way and it hurts she's fine and so i found that to be a little bit yeah, I'm not sure the way that works. I think I think if you if you address it quickly enough, it can. But yeah, I think it probably would break your neck pretty quickly. Yes, I, th- I think that's look. This is very dark, but that's why people hang themselves because they immediately go out. Right. Um, and then, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they uh, yeah. So they party. They. The causeway gets closed. He confronts a die at one point and is like, "Hey, I know it's you. I want my money back." And like a die goes back on the deal. A die is the man who he's bribing, right? And that's not the barkeep. No, the the bartender basically told him like, "You're gonna have to be firm with him. He's just trying to see what he can get out of you." Yeah. And it's very confusing because like at one point you're like, "This guy is very." Um, like spiritual and like centered. Yeah. And this town is very demure, Mm -hmm. but like every now and then people get kind of mouthy. Oh, and how about when him and the other like strange guy that just bursts in and like pours himself a beer, they like walk into the back room and they like just stare at each other and they both 
bless themselves, but they don't bless themselves the correct way. They go backwards. They go like, yeah, it's like a satanic like blessing. That's, or something. that's what we thought too. It's some kind of like backwards satanic. So uh, look, I think that this is definitely a demon show. Yeah. I think that it's called, I mean, it's called the third day, right? That's probably a, a resurrection reference. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, and she doesn't die in the beginning. Right. Um, and so, and there's also the fact that they're just like a weird, like Amish cult. They're not Amish. They're more like a fishing village. Yeah. But there's like, there's something weird about it. Was, is there mention of a guy named Jason? Like, is there like an almighty leader of this village who everybody is kind of bowing down to? Did I miss something there or am I making that up? I don't think so. Okay. What I, what I find super interesting too is, so there's going to be six episodes. Mm. This is called, I think, is it summer? Yes. So the first three episodes are summer. And then autumn is going to be a 12-hour live-streamed play. I didn't. I, I read about this too, but I, I didn't read that it's 12 hours. Yeah, this is, this is what I heard. They're going to act it live, kind of like they did that with 30 Rock, but it's a high drama. Right. I, and maybe maybe the 12-hour thing is, is wrong. But there's definitely going to be a live-streamed play. That's Which, fascinating. Isn't that insane? Well, I mean, this episode was kind of theatrical, apart from the stuff in the woods and the driving the car, which is all in the first five minutes. Mm-hmm. And you get this great aerial shot of the causeway as the tide has gone out, which is cool. Yeah. Um, everything else takes place in the bar. Do you think maybe they're trying to do three plays in a day for different time zones? Would that make sense? Maybe. <laughs> that would be so interesting. That would be so crazy. Or I four, even. That's... Just to make up 12 hours. It's a three-hour play. Very high concept, but and I then, like it. And then, and so the, this weird live play as a interlude, and then the following three episodes. And it's a limited series. That's it. Yeah, that's it for it. What did you think of Jude Law on this show? I thought he was really good. Like, killing it. Okay, what is your essential Jude Law? When you think Jude Law, what is your go-to Jude Law performance? Because I struggle with this. I like Jude Law. Yeah. But I'm a little ashamed to say I think my essential Jude Law is Nancy Myers' The Holiday. Although I also love Dickie Greenleaf in The Talented Mr. Ripley. That is one of the great performances. Okay, interesting. Uh, I was thinking that I remember him being in like a war movie. Was it like The Thin Red Line or something? Oof, Maybe. But he was like super young at this point. And then I was thinking about how Chris Rock made a joke at one of the Oscars that he hosted. And he said, like, if you want. Look at the credits. He made cupcakes or something. I know. I know exactly what bit you're talking about. Jew laws and everything. Well, I think he was. I think his joke was like, if you want a young guy, you cast Jude Law. If you want an old guy, you cast George Clooney. Okay. And the whole joke was like. You could put either of them in anything. Like if you're looking for like a 30 something, go Jude Law. If you're looking for a 50 something, go George Clooney. I mean, I for know. for a point in time, that was definitely a good metric. Although yeah. neither of them have like a lot of box office success for being like so supremely <laughs> famous. Both of them kind of make a lot of duds. Yeah. No, I remember a, a Chris Rock bit at the Oscars where he was talking about how like Jude Law had a real run where he was in a lot of things. And he's like, look at the credits. He did something. He at least made cupcakes or something. Oh, okay. Movie. Yeah, that was the yeah. joke. Um, he has been in a lot of things, but I'm struggling to come up with many of them. And obviously, six months ago, everybody started watching Contagion again. Is he in that? Yeah. But I don't know that that's like one of the hallmarks of his career. No, yeah. Top three. Like, I don't know. Can you bring it up? Like, top three. Yeah, okay. Jude Law performances. Yeah. I, the Holiday was honestly one of the top ones that that 
jumped out to me too because Jen loves the holiday. Everybody loves the movie. Like anybody who likes that kind of movie, that's one of their favorites. Right. It is one of the great feel good movies and it's seasonal. Yeah. And like I'm sure Jen will tell you, um, as I would too, as a fan of Dickie Greenleaf for that matter, yeah. Jude Law is sexy as all hell in The Holiday. <laughs> and he's not in Love Actually, is he? Uh, no, no, he's not. Okay, not in Love Actually in The Holiday. So, uh, what do we have on Jude Law's IMDb over here? Closer. Um, sure what that is. The Sherlock Holmes movies he does with uh, with Robert Downey Jr. I guess that's kind of his. He's had a couple of franchises now as the secondary character because, and I mean recently, whether Besides it's Sherlock. Sherlock. He was in um, Captain Marvel recently. That's that's his big role in the MCU. He's not going to get to do anything else. He's kind of the villain in in Captain Marvel. Oh, I um, forgot about that. And he plays young Dumbledore now in the Fantastic Beasts movie. No matter right. what the fade for those is. And actually, interestingly, Catherine uh, Waterston, who kind of plays like the mouthy girl in the bar who he talks to. Yeah. She's also in Fantastic Beasts. And she even mentions, I have a PhD in uh, the Essex witch trials in this show. Right. I was like, oh, this seems kind of like a fun coincidence. Yeah. So I got to go way down here to see what... Uh, what Jude Law has to offer us. It was us. very theatery, though. Didn't you find? Like, didn't you find that it could kind of, it was almost kind of like a play? That's what I'm saying. Style. Most of it took place in this bar. Yeah. The Talented Mr. Ripley, Love, Honor, uh, and Obey. Honestly, a lot, Road to Perdition, Cold Mountain. I heard Huckabee's Alfie, Closer, The Aviator he was in. Uh, this was kind of his hot streak there in the early 2000s. The Holiday, Lemony Snicket, he played that guy, Sherlock mm. Holmes. Contagion, Repo Men, Hugo, uh, Anna Karenina. He's almost like a weirdly an A-lister who doesn't necessarily have the creds behind him. He doesn't have, I don't think he has like an iconic movie. He's like like McConaughey before he had like Dallas Buyers Club. So Everyone he, thought of him as, as like an A-lister guy, but he really hadn't been in that much. Except that people do give Jude Law the credit of like um, integrity, which they didn't with McConaughey. We laughed about McConaughey. Right. Are you saying that we're we're due for a Jude law sense? I think we're, yeah, I think we're due for a law sense. Yeah. Okay, I'm into that. Yeah. Yeah. Law reform. He's the original J-Law. Have we talked about how he probably thinks it's bullshit that, ever, that Jennifer Lawrence comes on the scene and everyone's no. like, hey, that's J-Law. We haven't. What's Jude Law even like? Like, is he a good hang? He, I heard him on an interview on CBC this week and he seemed like a good hang. Okay. Um, You know, he like slept with the nanny. He's one of those guys. Oh, right. Yeah. So chalk that up to whatever you think it means. Sure. I will. <laughs> <laughs> I already have. Yeah. Um, I like Jude Law. As an actor, I, I find him good in things. Yeah. I mean, it's weird with actors because they're such a such a they're always kissing other people anyway, and they're always like very passionate people. <laughs> yeah, are Don't you are you excusing Hugh Grant? <laughs> I, a little bit. Yeah, I think I am. I just think it's it, it's such a weird lifestyle when you're getting a pass to like like professionally make out with other people and have sex scenes with them. I guess I think it's a mindset. I think you like you go into this thing knowing what that means. Let's call it the the Dax Shepherd clause. What 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 does that mean? Does I, he have a rule? No, no, not at all. I just think that he's like like constantly talking about, and he's really toned this down lately. Talking about how much of a stone cold fox this lady is, and you know that he's like for sure. He does have like, a smarminess to him. That is part of his charm. Yeah. 
or lack thereof. He like calls himself a dirtbag. He's like, I'm always going to be a dirtbag in that regard. Yeah, that's a defense mechanism. I think he uses like it's almost like he's setting himself up so that like when he does act on those instincts, he can be like, well, I told you. And that kind of feels like an excuse to be a shithead. Right. Like I never said that I wasn't going. I never said I wasn't a dirtbag. This is a you problem. Yeah. yeah, And that's that's very manipulative and asshole behavior. Mm, Good point. What a dick is Dax Shepard. I'm glad we've (laughs) I'm glad we landed here. I don't know. I still find him charming. Yeah. 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 I kind of do, too. Like as much as I rag on him, but he still gets the good guests. Totally. His show is more listenable than most super celebrities. Totally. Yeah. I've actually like I'll go down a rabbit hole on his shows where I go listen like six in a row. Uh, Will Smith did uh, wish Alfonso Ribeiro a very sweet happy birthday message on his Instagram this week. Wait, do we give Third Day RS? Oh, are you kidding? I love I love Third Day. I thought it was really good. I thought it was creepy and I had to look away. Are you going to watch in the lighthouse? Maybe I, I think I'm going to like I was tempted to last night, but just Jen got home at the wrong time. I, I really like gonna... that it's seven episodes. That's definitely worthy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we love the the British Dax Shepherd, J Law himself. That's right. He, he's kind of the British Dax Shepherd. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> no, well, you see the British George Clooney. Is that what Chris Rock was saying? I think that is what he was saying. And there, Sean Penn immediately came out and defended him, his honor afterwards, <laughs> which he didn't need to do. And Chris Rock was like, I was making a joke, man. Oh. Yeah. Sean Penn, Sean Penn came out and was like, I think that Jude Law is one of the finest actors. Let me just say. Oh, that was that, that's weird. And, and it was like totally taking the bite. And I think Chris Rock was probably like, man, what the hell? But Chris Rock also takes himself way too seriously. So, I mean. That's very what? true. Yeah. Jude Law and George Clooney are different kinds of handsome and charming. Mm-hmm. They're very like like George Clooney is the ultimate good guy, and also the one hundred percent like ultimate GQ man. I don't know if people consider Jude Law like this. Like no, Jude Law had a bad boy quality that George Clooney did not have, but now mm-hmm. he's like forty six. Yeah, and. I actually kind of respect that he has not, he's like kind of chosen to do strange things like he's doing the new Pope, which is like a weird. Oh yeah. He's gone off and like in, he's doing whatever he wants. The weirdest indie TV. He'll do it. Yeah. I think, I think that this is going to be like a show like with biblical overtones. I think it's about demons and stuff. Yeah. I think it's very good. Mm -hmm. It's kind of spooky, kind of gruesome. Yeah. But it was cool, and I liked I liked Jude Law way better than the trailer led me to believe. I didn't watch the trailer. Trailer is I, I really knew nothing. Yeah, I was seeing it on Crave for like a couple weeks. It wasn't until I heard the watch talk about it. That There's still like, only been two episodes of this yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. Second one came out on Monday. As I said, Will Will Smith uh, wished uh, uh, Alfonso Ribeiro, his old buddy, happy mm-hmm. birthday on Instagram. That's the extent of the Will Smith news this week. Okay. Well, like, I don't know. Kick him some dough, dude. Give him some money. <laughs> <laughs> Not that that would ever be publicized. Imagine. Kick him some dough. <laughs> You're a billionaire and Alfonso Ribeiro is clearly just a millionaire. Honestly, such a funny move would be Will Smith sending Alfonso Ribeiro a birthday, a birthday card, card with, with money $20 in it. In it. Yes. <laughs> and he didn't do that. And that's why you never trust Will Smith. Here's a Starbucks gift card. <laughs> Thanks for all the laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> Get yourself some caffeine to do the Carlton. Hey. He makes like a really hacky joke. Hey, look, we're doing podcasts in the same room again. This is nice. This felt great. Clearly the pandemic is over. 
Yeah, that's right. The uh, I liked Pandemies, by the way. I thought that was a funny oh, joke. Oh, okay. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. No, I it's not over. We have to be careful. We do definitely have to be careful. Our Atlantic bubble doing uh, unnaturally well. Doing pretty well. Doing I think good. we are kind of setting the standard for Canada, are we not? Besides, well, like up north. I guess we're continuing with our living document of the age of Corona here on the Show Show podcast mm-hmm. to say such a cursed thing as I think we're doing the best of everybody. <laughs> We are definitely never going to regret saying this. No, this is def- it's only uphill from here. Mm-hmm. Um, till we get a vaccine. <laughs> I'm just joking. Yeah, I guess it's around the corner. So they say, if you listen to the president, and I always do. Yep. Never trust Will Smith. Never trust Will Smith. Never trust Will Smith.